0: Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate Online Podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it... I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice. And this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we're going to delve into the etiquette or netiquette of operating in the virtual world. So, so many of us have moved to virtual meetings, online video conferencing, Zoom this and Zoom that, but are we doing it with the appropriate etiquette? And I have to say, you know, daily, because I sit here at this computer day in and day out on Zoom meetings or other meetings, I have to say, there is a an emerging body of etiquette that if you don't know you don't know but there are also a lot of things that we have all started to sort of follow as appropriate conduct and behavior online so for those of us who are online in a professional sense knowing the right way to as the wall street journal called it bloom on zoom is is getting to be more and more critical and certainly as we go forward in this world that is going to remain at least in part virtual It's important to have the etiquette down. So as my grandmother who went to Miss Porter's school said, you know, manners are everything. So whether Nana was right or wrong, there are some rules of netiquette that we all need to know. The first one is always know where your camera is pointed. Now, let me tell you, that may seem super simple because usually you're seeing yourself when you're looking into the camera um, or onto the screen, right? You see your thumbnail, but some people turn that off because they find it distracting to look at themselves, and other people don't pay attention or in a large meeting where there are a lot of thumbnails. Um, they just don't look at themselves that often. And in fact, yesterday I was in a meeting with a large number of people, and I looked at at one person's thumbnail, and somehow their camera had gotten pointed down, and it was just in their lap. Um, and you knew who it was because it had the person's name, obviously, on their thumbnail, but um, I don't know if they knew It was pointed at their lap and this went on for a few minutes and I sent them a private message saying, I'm not sure if you know, but your camera seems to be pointed at your lap. Uh, So that is something that we do need to be aware of. Now, you know, our cameras can get um, pushed around or off kilter and so be looking at things strangely, but also just be sure, I know I've talked about this in other episodes, Make sure your entire face is showing in your thumbnail. Um I still daily sign on to meetings or go to conferences where I am looking at people, you know, I'm going to do it for those who are watching the video where I'm only seeing them from the nose up, which frankly, I you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Um or who seem to enjoy the up the nose, I'm doing this as well, um, view which I've spent a meeting the other day just spending the whole meeting looking up someone's nostrils. Not your best view, so do be aware of knowing where the camera is pointed. The next point of etiquette, master your muting. This is just happened. I was in an ABA meeting And four or five times in the middle of the meeting, someone was trying to do a presentation. Somebody was talking or yelling to someone in the background of their particular space and interrupted the meeting um, and was very disruptive because they did not have their microphone muted. It is a best practice to mute your microphone unless you are the person speaking. And what that does is eliminates the possibility that your barking dog or your screaming kids or your sneeze or whatever that might be is going to interrupt the meeting or mediation or arbitration that is going on. Now, the flip side of that is that many people start talking and forget to unmute themselves. So there is a way in your settings to set it up so that the space bar will mute and unmute you. Go look at at least on Zoom. So go look at your Zoom settings or just try to be aware of that mute button and mute it when you're not speaking, unmute it when you are speaking And a little side tip that I have found helpful is instead of the also somewhat annoying, you're on mute, you're muted, Bill, you're muted, Bill can't hear you, you're muted. Some people I know get a sign and they just hold up the sign you're muted, um, so that the person has that visual of seeing it, so as opposed to repeating themselves. I have one colleague who doesn't just say, I can't hear you once, they say it repeatedly um, as if the person can't hear them. So another little etiquette point. Um, Another, you know, somehow today seems to have been one of those days where I had a lot of meetings where etiquette was being breached maybe a little bit, Because the next one I'd like to point out is please don't eat in the middle of your Zoom meeting, Zoom mediation, unless, of course, that is one of the points of the meeting. Uh, We often these days are having Zoom meetings or Zoom happy hours, so to speak, or that type of um, Zoom get together. But in general, watching somebody chewing Um, and feeding, you know, eating during a business meeting doesn't generally, you know, make the best impression. So if you are eating, be discreet. You can turn off your video camera if you need to eat something. I was at a conference the other day that was being done in meeting format and I needed to grab a snack. I was very hungry. So I just turned off my video. Another one that I think is important is the multitasking because this is like one of the positives of being in an online atmosphere, but it also can be a downside because how many times have you looked up at somebody or been trying to talk to someone and they are looking over to the side and you can tell they're doing something or they're looking down like this and they're clearly... um, They're clearly, you know, working on their phone or doing something, and they should be um, paying attention to what's happening. So if you are multitasking, be discreet about it. Don't be rude about that. And if you need to be doing something else, let the people know, you know what, I just need to get this email or... Something else that sometimes people will take as multitasking, and it's actually because maybe you're working off more than one computer screen or device. That's something that as we've moved into the virtual world, many of us are going to work off two or three different screens. So sometimes in a mediation, I'm turning to the right, but that's because I'm pulling up the documents there or I'm taking notes on my iPad. A really good idea to be you know to get your netiquette in shape is to say you know what i'm going to turn to my left screen here because i'm i'm actually going to pull up that document or in the beginning of your mediation say, I just want everyone to be aware, I'm working off of three different screens. So if you see me looking to my right or to my left, it's not that I'm not paying attention, it's that I'm pulling up documents on another screen or something of that nature. Very helpful for letting people know that you are hearing them and are paying attention. Now, a few of the technical aspects that I would call the netiquette um, would also be setting some boundaries around how long you're going to spend in the different caucus sessions. Now, This is specific to us as mediators, but if you're going into breakout rooms with a group, this is something that I always highlight for people because it's never a good idea to pe- leave people unattended, even if you were in person, leaving them unattended in a breakout room for a, or a conference room while you're off in another room for an extended period of time can be uncomfortable for them. But in the, in the in-person world, they know you're right down the hall but when you are in a virtual setting, they don't know that you're right down the hall. And now you're gonna get into this situation where people may think something's happened to you, has something happened to the online platform, did the Zoom stop working, is my, you know, they don't have a way to contact you unless they can um, text you on your phone or send you an email. So, I always find it a good practice when I am leaving someone in a breakout room to go into another breakout room to say I should be in the other room for an anticipated period of time. If I'm still there in about 20 minutes, I'll check in with you to see if there's anything that we need. If you need something in the meantime, please feel free to text me here's my cell phone number, or, or remind them that they have your cell phone number. I find that to be very helpful. And just remember, even if you could leave someone down the hall sitting for half an hour to an hour without causing a great stir, it is it, it is better to make those shorter breaks uh, when you're not communicating with them if you're in the virtual world. Everything, time just gets speed it up to a certain degree in that virtual world and so i try not to leave anyone sitting alone for more than 20 minutes or so i find that to be a best practice and it may be that you want to tell them to take a break or if you're going to leave them in a breakout room and you think it's going to be an extended period of time sometimes i'll say you know what why don't you just mute your camera and your video and i'll text you when I'm ready to come back because we expect it to be an extended period of time. So that's something that I think people need to keep in the back of their minds, particularly if you are the dispute resolution professional. Now another thing that I think is important for us all to remember is that background. Uh, I know I've talked about virtual backgrounds in various settings, but I'm telling you I'm signing on, you know, left and right here and people have, you know, the palm tree video swaying in the background or they look like they're on Mars um, or something of that nature. Just remember that this is a professional setting. If you are going to have a virtual background, which is a very good idea for many people, It's a good idea to have something that's nondescript. And if you're going to have your logo on there, you know, as I do for anyone who's looking at uh, the video of this episode, I have a a logo on there, I have my name on there. Um, That's about as, and it's just a nondescript room that I got off the Canva um, Zoom virtual backgrounds. Don't put a really busy background or virtual background behind you. You really do want to give that illusion of it being a a rather bland room because you don't want people trying to see what's on the shelves back there, wondering what it is you're reading today, or have it be super distracting. And you do also want it to have that professional feeling to it. And then finally... The last thing I want to say on netiquette or etiquette is around the name tag that you have on your um, Zoom thumbnail uh, or whatever platform you're using. Please make sure that you put on there your name. Uh, many of people are logging on from various different devices. I had one person who attended one of my my trainings, who every time she signed on was Galaxy Nine. Um, It is very easy for you to change your name by hitting the three dots up in the upper right-hand corner of your thumbnail and renaming yourself. And it's courtesy to do that. Or if you don't know how, you might let the Uh, mediator or the host of the meeting know that you need a little help with that or ask them if they can do it for you. The other thing for the mediators or professionals in the room is I also like to use the name tags just to make sure everybody has the right name. But if you have a multi-party matter going on, where you have a lot of different people who are related in interests for some reason, you can put a little note in their name tag, um, plaintiff, plaintiff's counsel, plaintiff's expert, you know, put that type of little extra note or P's expert Um, something that gives you a quick reference so that you can keep everyone straight because it can get very confusing. But you want to let people that know that you're doing it and that you're why you're doing it, that, you know, in the flurry of having so many thumbnails on screen, you're doing this as an added security measure to make sure that everybody is easily identified and quickly identifiable. I really find... Probably one of the most important etiquette issues, and maybe we'll close with this, but one of the most important etiquette tips, I will say, when you are operating in a virtual world is remembering that since you are really, for the most part, visible from the shoulders up, you should be a little more descriptive. In what you're doing, explaining things to people, what's happening. So if there are loud noises going on, make sure you just say to people, I'm sorry if it appeared I was distracted. I heard some sirens going by outside. Or if you are doing what I said earlier, turning to the left or to the right, um, let people know why you are doing that right at the moment. Or if I'm checking my phone, don't um, I don't want you to think I'm not paying attention. I'm checking my phone because I'm waiting for a text message from defendant's counsel who was not able to join the meeting earlier. Anything like that is by far a better way to go than to let people think you're distracted, not paying attention to them and that they are not getting the best of you, the best parts of you. Um, Final tip. I I know I said that was the last tip, but final tip. Look into your camera when you are talking to people. When you look down at yourself or look at the thumbnail over here of the person, for anyone who's watching this, I'm looking at the thumbnail over on the side. I'm looking at myself. It does not look like I am looking at the person. If now I'm looking at my camera. And so when you look directly at your camera, that's how you make eye contact. And eye contact is one of the most effective ways to immediately create rapport and to exhibit your netiquette. So thank you for joining me this week and I'll see you next week for the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com, and you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.